0: hello, hello, and welcome to the 90s TV Hour. You know, in the last seven months I've done this podcast, I've met a lot of cool podcasters along the way. And in doing so, I've also been introduced to some of their amazing podcasts. And I want to take this opportunity to just share the love. So today, the 90s TV Hour is going to focus on lessons. Lessons myself and my fellow podcasters learned growing up with 90s television. And you know what? I want to hear from you too. I want to know what lessons you learned from shows that you watched as a 90s kid. You can reach out to me on our Facebook group, the 90s TV Hour Addicts, Twitter at 90s TV Hour, or email at 90s TV Hour at gmail.com. I would love, love to hear from you. Seriously. For example, as I said in the Pride episode, my parents used my obsession with television as learning opportunities. I can't tell you how many times a very special episode would come on and after it was over, my parents would calmly turn off the TV, sit me down, and talk about what we just watched and what I could learn from it. The biggest lesson I learned personally was about drinking from The Cosby Show. In season six, which aired in 1989, but cut me some slack here, I'm just trying to teach you a lesson. There was an episode called I'm In With The In Crowd And in this episode, Vanessa gets extremely drunk playing a drinking game at a party. And Denise does everything she can to cover up for her, but her parents ain't no fools. They know how to effectively teach a lesson, and the way they do it is damn creative, I gotta say. After Vanessa's rough night, she comes downstairs to see Cliff, Claire, and little Rudy getting ready to play the same drinking game that got Vanessa so wasted. She is horrified to see Rudy take a shot of whiskey, and begs her parents not to let her promising she'll never drink again Well, it's Vanessa's turn and uh what happens?
1: right hey all right
2: this is tea.
0: <laughs> so sit back and listen to some of the best podcasts the internet has to offer, tell you their lessons from 90s shows, and you may learn a thing or two. Plus, who knows? Maybe you'll find your new favorite podcast besides the 90s TV Hour, of course. First things first, I noticed a trend in many of the lessons submitted. Full House taught a lot of lessons. So here's a collection of lessons learned from Full House. Hey, this is Hannah from the
3: Film Rose podcast, and the episode that taught me a lot when I was growing up is from season three, episode 21 of Full House. It's called Just Say No Way. (laughs) And the premise of that episode is DJ asks Kevin, her crush, to a school dance. And when she gets there, she walks into a hall and sees Kevin and some of his friends drinking beer. So she is offered beer, and she says no, and they kind of hand it to her to the point where it's like sprayed all over her clothes, her awesome 90s garb, and then Uncle Jesse, who's the band at the dance, or the band leader of the dance, kind of comes out and sees her with all this beer all over her, and accuses her of drinking, Um, and so she's taken home, and Joey and Jesse and Danny are all just, you know, can't believe it. Can't believe DJ would do it. And she keeps keeps saying, I didn't do anything. I was trying to get them to stop. I promise I, I you know, I'm not into drinking. And, and then she decides to sneak out and basically, you know, right the wrong. Um, so she goes back to the dance and talks to Kevin and confronts him. Um, and I think the most important thing for me in that episode, what I learned was One, to make sure that the perception of you is really up to you, Um, especially those, you know, even to your friends and family.
4: Kevin, have you seen DJ? She's in there. Thanks. Uh, Mr. Tanner? Yeah? DJ wasn't drinking tonight. It was me and two other guys. She was trying to stop us. She was telling us the truth
3: perceptions can be changed so quickly. And so for DJ to take it upon herself to change that and kind of prove that she was right uh, was really great for me to see. And also just that she was able to stick up for herself and confront people because that's not easy, especially when you're a teenager and especially when it's your crush (laughs) in the 90s. And I just thought that was a really great scene. So That is my favorite from Full House. Thanks, DJ. And thanks, Tanner's.
5: Hi, this is Brandon from the Dueling Ogres podcast. And whenever somebody poses the question to me, what is something you learned from a 90s sitcom? The very first thing that comes to mind is from a season four episode of Full House. It aired February 1991. It's episode 17, and the episode is called A Fish Called Martin. And in this episode, Michelle, the youngest Tanner, wins A Fish From a fair takes it home, and the fish is named Martin. Joey, played by the infamous Dave Coulier of Alanis Morissette fame, tells her that she needs to keep the fish clean. While they're not paying attention, she takes the fish into the bathroom and makes a bubble bath for this fish and dumps it in there. Obviously killing the fish, Joey walks in, the fish is dead, floating in the tank. The audience, as sitcom audiences are wont to do, let out these long, sad groans, which you'll hear all throughout this episode. There's a ridiculous amount of people just groaning sadly at different things that happen. So over the course of the rest of the episode, Danny, Joey, and Jesse have to struggle with ways to explain death to Michelle, who I'm guessing is, like, maybe six at this point. I don't know.
2: Honey, are there any questions you need to ask about what happened to
4: Martin?
1: How did Martin die?
4: Well, Michelle, Martin died in the bubble bath.
1: I'll
6: put
4: them in there. Well, when I I told you that fishies like to be clean just like people, I should have also mentioned that fishies don't take bubble baths.
1: Now you tell me.
5: So there's a little
4: bit of humor there.
5: The reason this episode sticks out for me so much is I saw this episode when it first aired when I was seven. And seven, I've always been an animal lover. Seven-year-old me especially had never really dealt with the loss of a pet or anything before. So just seeing Mary-Kate or Ashley Olsen, whoever was playing Michelle during this scene, show these emotions of losing this fish really got to me. I teared up for one of the first times I can remember as a child really tearing up at something I'd seen on TV. Uh, I rewatched the episode recently. Really doesn't hold up that well, but at the time that stuck with me. So if there's one thing you remember... Never put a fish in a bubble bath. I feel like a sauna would still be okay, but bubble bath is a hard no. Anyway, thanks for having me on.
7: Hi there, I'm Amy. And I'm Carly. And we have a podcast called Final Girls Horror Cast, which is a podcast where we discuss uh, horror movies that are streaming. Some of our 90s uh, life lessons that we learned from TV shows, I say one that, car- that I carry with me every day is uh, Clarissa Explains It All. Because Melissa Joan Hart taught me at a very young age that in order to capture your dreams, you can do anything. You can build your own video games on a regular basis in under 30 <laughs> seconds using only a giant spool of wire. Um, so thank you, Melissa Joan Hart. And thank you to Clarissa Explains It All for that. So impressive. I feel like a lot <laughs> of uh, a lot of 90s TV shows were very misleading. Uh, I was expecting, you know, prom to be a lot cooler than it was. um, <laughs> High school in general to be more like Say by the Bell, which it wasn't. But I will say, um, I did learn valuable lessons from Full House and the power of when your parents get mad at you to just apologize, say that was your fault, and you're good, and then like everything's fine from that point on. You know? <laughs> yeah. You're like, I understand it. What, what That's I did true. was so wrong, but I just love you so much. And then they're like, Oh, you're the best. Problem solved. And also, you're tr- you brought up a good point with Save by the Bell" because we definitely learn valuable lessons there. I yes. mean, if you are attractive, you can get away with murder, basically. Is what I learned. True. And don't take caffeine pills. That's true. It's the <laughs> dangers of caffeine pills. Yeah. It's an iconic. <laughs> episode. And also, there's and also, there's no hope with dope. No hope. It's true. I learned a lot from nineties. 90s TV shows. Thank you, 90s TV shows. And thank you for giving us the opportunity to discuss these things. Check out our show if you want. If you like horror
0: movies or just listening to us banter and talk too long. (laughs) Okay, bye. (laughs) Bye. (laughs) Don't forget to check out my show notes to find links to each of the fantastic podcasts you hear featured today. Next up, I want to give a special shout out to Jason and Rick from the Gray Area Podcast. They've made these endlessly entertaining trivia games for Martin and Fresh Prince of Bel-Air And they were kind enough to send me the games. So um, if anyone's looking to test each other on trivia from Martin or Fresh Prince, I'm here to play, y'all. Stay tuned for a future episode featuring these extremely fun guys. And uh, we'll hear some other lessons while we're at it.
6: Yo, yo, yo. This is your boy, Jason. It's your boy, Rick. And we're the brothers from Republican Republican Company, Company, baby. Yes, sir. So Great area podcast. uh, Yes, in the building. So our favorite... Episode comes from Martin, the Barnell Hill. Yep, the Barnell Hill episode, season two, Hollywood swinging one and two. Tell them why. Two part. Tell them why.
8: So we're big outcome versus process people. We're Mm -hmm. process people, people that put the work in and get what they're looking for. Outcome people, they just want the fruits, the the results. Episode in particular, Uh Martin had a a a former host of his TV show. I mean, his radio show as a host. And Varnell blew up, like, Arsenio Hall out in L.A. Yep. Martin wanted to figure out, how do I get to where you got?
6: Get to the yams. Um, I got bills. And uh, what I got going on here ain't cutting it, brother, they ain't getting it. Um, so what I want to know is, who did you hook up with? And brother, how can I be down? How can I get to the yams? Man, you got it. You don't get
0: it, man. You got to get an
6: act. You got to work on that road, Brother, man. I don't have time for the road, okay? I got bills, okay? I'm trying to get to the yam. The yams, okay? The greens, the cats, okay? I don't have
5: time. You got to have faith, man.
6: All right, faith. Faith. Okay, you got to have faith. Yeah. What's her last name?
8: <laughs> Try to get to the yams. yams. So instead of Martin being a processed person, putting his head down, working and figuring it out, Yep. He wanted the cheat code. Yep. What were the top layer things that you did to get what you needed to get?
6: So, so. what Martin did was, so Varnell Hill told him, you got to get on that road, man. That's exactly grind. what told him. You got to grind. Like, you got you to work hard. But Martin, on the other hand, he had all these dead end jobs. He kept quitting. Like, he wanted to be the manager immediately. On the first day. On the first day. You know, so he finally got his chance. He quit his job, which is the first step. For some people to like, look, I'm about this process. But see, what he did was he quit his job, he flew out to Hollywood. And Barnell Hill act like he didn't know him. You know why? Because Martin didn't put in that work. He didn't respect
8: his hustle. Nope. He just thought he was gonna try to eat off of his fame and try to yeah. catapult to where he is, but Barnell yeah. wasn't having that. Exactly. 90s so yeah, TV hour. We're looking yeah. forward to the podcast. Of course, right. we want to talk about the TV show that's pretty much the pulse of our games that we do. Uh-huh. Looking forward to being on the Great yep, Area yep. podcast, Jason and Rick from yep. Republican Company. Peace. What's up?
9: Hey 90s TV Hour, this is Issa from the Young, Free and Coupled podcast. You've asked me to tell you a life lesson that I learned from a 90s TV show. Which, if you ask me, was the best television ever made. Now, the show that I have picked is The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Alright, so... Growing up and being a teenager in the 90s, you know, at least over here in the UK, we all watched The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. In this scene I'm about to play you, Will's dad is trying to get out of taking Will on a road trip with him, and he gets into an argument with Will's uncle, Phil.
1: Sit down. I ain't got time for no lecture. I said sit down, Lou. You know... Will was doing just fine until you showed up. You get off my back! I'm not going to do your dirty work for you. Fine. Uh, I'll call him from the road. Yeah, then why don't you do that? Yeah, I'll do that. This
9: wasn't something that you would normally get on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. So, Will is acting as though he's fine. However, he finishes a conversation with his dad by saying... It was great seeing you, son. You too. Lou... The real tearjerker is when Will is venting his anger. Letting it out there and then. Um, great acting. Listen to this.
6: I just wish I hadn't wasted my money buying
2: this stupid present. Him. He never even sent me a damn card. To with him!
9: This scene, it showed me that it's okay to feel, you know disappointed about the relationship that I had with my dad it's funny how a tv show can do that when you're so young and I've never forgotten it so anyway you know back to the present and I've got a much better relationship with my dad you know I'm a dad myself I use the experiences of the past to be a better dad myself I've been Issa from the Young Free and Coupled podcast check us out if you have time you know, you get the views from a young married couple from London with, with four kids and we tell you about all the stuff that we're doing and we talk about events and, you know, just about our life. So when you get a chance, check us out. Thank you, 90s TV Our, It's been great doing this and I look forward to hearing more of your stuff. Bye.
10: Hi guys, this is Georgie and Kate. We're from the Nothing Rhymes with Murder podcast. Woo. Uh, so, 90s TV shows. Yeah. What were they? What did we learn? Katie, what did we discuss.
11: Learn? Well, the first show that came to my mind when me and George drunkenly in the pub were talking about <laughs> 90s. Is that okay to say? That's fine, right? When are we not drunk? Yeah, well, quite. <laughs> uh, 90s TV shows. Goosebumps. Oh, I know. We just re-listened to the theme tune and my God, it's good. Yeah, it is fucking great. Terrifying.
10: It's an American thing, right? It's not just a British yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
11: Yeah, I think it, I think it is American, isn't it? I don't know. The performers in it were American. Okay, so, sure. Cool. Sure. Um, so I quickly Googled it because I was like, what did I learn? <laughs> and all I could think about what I learned was never trust adults mm. or plants because yes. in one episode, the plants attacked everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, never trust animals. It basically <laughs> taught me to never trust anyone around you. <laughs> because everyone seems really trusting and they're absolutely not. So we Googled it and then it came up uh, inspiration. And I was like, oh, I'll have a little look on that. It said two common themes in the series are children triumphing over evil. And children facing horrid or frightening situations and using their wit and imagination to escape them. And I think that's Mm. what stuck with me is that the children always, they, like, bandied together. They had each other. They trusted each other. And they always kind of, even if, like, an adult came into play or, like, someone came into play and they were a bit, like... We don't necessarily trust them. They'd stick together and work it out between them. Mm-hmm. So it kind of yeah, made yeah. me, th- it like taught me to trust my my friends around me, the people closest to me, and don't trust anyone taller <laughs> than me. Which me and George are adamant about. Do not don't trust people who are taller than, taller than you. Ever. <laughs> <laughs> um, George, what was uh, what what was going on in the nineties for you? I mean,
10: I was all about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Buffy. I mean, my god, I could not have been more obsessed with that show. As I said to Kate, um, "I think I went dressed as Buffy for like two or three Halloween's in a row, despite being a small Asian child." Mm-hmm,
11: mm-hmm. <laughs> Another good theme tune as well. Yeah, just amazing theme
10: me? tune. I used to like turn up on Halloween, you know, knock on the door like trick or treat, and they'd be like, "So what are you?" <laughs> Ooh, Some sort of anime hi. character. <laughs> like no, vaguely racist adult. How dare you! On Buffy? I'm actually Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm-hmm. Um, I have very strong. I think Buffy is one of the most important shows of the 90s. It taught you so much, like, it was one of the first shows to have a really serious uh, lesbian storyline between Mm -hmm. uh, Willow and Tara. Mm -hmm. That wasn't just like, ooh, sexy lesbians. It was like an actual loving lesbian relationship. Um, Yeah, there's so many lessons, like, oh, that bad things can come in like nice-looking packages sort of thing. Mm -hmm. There was always like, there would be like a character where you'd be like, oh, they seem so lovely, and oh they're Clean so great and then bang and them, yeah. vampire mm-hmm. so yeah. I mean okay so evidently trust is a thing the 90s taught us not to, tr- to trust to trust anything or anyone so yeah that is our what we learned <laughs> from the 90s that's over three show. sorry um, about sorry it sorry about that um, so yeah I hope that's helpful and it's interesting and if you don't hate the way we sound, then come check us out too, I guess. Listen to Nothing Rhymes With Murder. But only if you like murder, because if you don't, it's really not the show for you. Also,
11: if you like drunk and fun, then come, <laughs> come to the
12: party. Come to the party. Okay, <laughs> see you there <that> then. Bye. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> okay, bye then. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I'm Jess Rohde. And one of my favorite shows in the 90s was Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And one of the most important lessons I ever learned from Buffy was how to properly stake a vampire. In other words, how to properly kill a vampire so they don't end up coming back and attacking you and turning you into a vampire. If you watch her show, okay, maybe not so much in the beginning, I'll give you all that. But as the seasons went on and the shows went on, her stance and her proper form was amazing. She was an absolute master in what she did. It was kind of like watching the Olympics of vampire killing. She has proper form. She has a witty comment. But I think the most important thing with it is she taught me how to kill a vampire without harming non-vampires. So in my opinion, I think that if we ever had a vampire apocalypse, I'd be pretty game. I think I would know what to do. So if you're ever getting attacked by a vampire, I can totally save your life. (laughs) So
0: thanks for having me. Bye. You know, not all lessons come from live action shows. Cartoons and anime had plenty to offer a growing mind as well. Let's hear some examples of that, shall we?
13: Hey, my name is John Simmons. I host the Tenor Sexy podcast. Because I live in Tennessee, I grew up in Essex in England, and it subtly implies that I'm sexy. (laughs) Alright, so a 90s TV show that I learned a lesson from is Rugrats. There's this episode called Chucky's Red Hair, right? And it's like Chucky hates his red hair because he stands out, he doesn't like the attention that comes with it. So he borrows Grandpa Lou's hair dye and gives himself like jet black hair. And at first, he's like, oh, okay, cool. I don't stand out anymore. And then he, he doesn't like that he doesn't get special attention. And, like, this old lady says to him in the street, like, "Ah, oh, well, I guess you're just another face in the crowd now. And it was like, oh, oh, no. But it's good to stand out, you know?
14: Well, Chucky, you're pretty lucky. Angelica didn't give you a noogie or nothing. <laughs> Chucky, it's not there. She did not even notice me. You wanted her to push you down? No, I just wanted a little attention.
13: And I think it's like a really good lesson about uniqueness, you know? Because like when I was a kid, like I had my growth spurt way before everyone else, so I was like towering over everyone, like like arching over, <laughs> trying to hear conversations, and like I was always, I always like felt different, you know? And there's a thing with it. Where you're kind of like, man, I wish I just fitted in with everyone. I wish I was the same as everyone else. And there's this weird thing with like your own uniqueness, you know, the thing that makes you you. You can either be afraid of it or you can embrace it. And I think that's where a lot of self confidence comes from. You know, if you're afraid of who you are, you're never gonna have the self confidence you need to, you know, flourish as a person. Whereas if you embrace who you are, embrace the utter weirdo you are, embrace your uniqueness, then all of a sudden you, you have a lot more confidence because you've accepted yourself. That may not have been what the Rugrats creators were intending. Maybe they were just like, hey, it's not bad being ginger. And I went way too far with it, you know? <laughs> like in English class, where it's like, so what do you think they meant by this episode where Chucky dyes his hair? And I'm like, well, I think it's a real discussion about our own self-confidence and our beliefs and <laughs> Oh, what a douchebag. <laughs> but basically, yeah, that that episode, that sentiment helped me to ex- accept myself. You know, I'm not redheaded, but I'm a bit of a weirdo. So, yeah, I, I would like to attribute that to a brilliant lesson to learn. If you accept yourself, then you can actually have a lot more self-confidence once you own it that you are yourself instead of trying to be someone else. You live a much happier life and you have all that self-confidence that you wished you had, you know? Not everyone can be that little bastard Tommy Pickles who just waltzes through life somehow knowing what to do. (laughs) Anyways, cool. Thanks
14: for listening. See you later. G'day. My name's Paul and I'm one half of the podcast Two Brothers Talk Games. It's a podcast where me and my mate Josh get together each week and talk about nerdy stuff. Uh, We discuss board games, video games, movies, podcasts, anime... TV shows, whatever, you name it, if it's nerdy, we're into it. Uh, I like to watch a lot more anime than Josh does. This probably stems back to the late 90s, uh, where I used to watch the Asian block once a week on TV on our local channel here in Australia called SBS. Uh, Cowboy Bebop is an anime series from the late 90s directed by Shinjiro Watanabe, who makes basically an epic masterpiece every single time he directs something. Watching Cowboy Bebop growing up really kind of taught me a few... Important life lessons, I would say. Uh, the most important one is probably to be happy with who you are. Uh, just be yourself. Now, all all of the characters in Cowboy Bebop all come from different backgrounds. They have their own different histories. they you know some are some are on the run from the law. Some are just absolute nerds that are you know orphans. There's there's everything right. And uh, growing up. Obviously, as a nerd in school, in a country town, uh, you know, life isn't always the greatest. So I kind of found that being able to relate to these characters was a really big thing for me. And it kind of taught me, you know what, I'm a nerd and that's okay, That's cool. But that being said, though, I also kind of found a couple of things from Spike. Uh, Spike is the main character in Cowboy Bebop. And there's two main ones. The first one is more of a live with a why not attitude to life as opposed to a why attitude. So what I mean by that is if someone says, hey, let's go and do this crazy thing, instead of going, why would I do that? Kind of ask yourself, why not? And I found that if I can't come up with a good enough answer for why not, then it's worth doing. And that's given me quite a few opportunities down the line in life. And it's really kind of, I guess these are probably opportunities that I wouldn't have had if I'd kind of just been a bit too cautious. I guess that's probably what it is. It's not necessarily a why not attitude, but it's don't be too cautious. Don't be over-cautious. Last one is uh, probably the more important one, I guess, for a lot of people, is always finish what you start. Each episode of Cowboy Bebop, with a few exceptions, are pretty much standalone and you could watch them in almost any order. However, overarching across the full season, you'll notice there's quite a few things where the story does connect. And the idea being across each episode individually and across the series as a whole, the main characters, even though they all have different objectives and different desires, they're all striving for their goals and none of them give up. Like, not a single one. And I won't spoil the ending of it, but, you know, you, you get to experience the highs, the lows, the in-betweens, whatever, um, for all of these characters in striving to achieve their goals. And it's, it's, it's a great reference to life and... I've taken that idea through with me, I guess, for my entire career uh, at work and things like that. And yeah, it's served me really well. Give it a watch. Uh, Watch the movie as well. It's awesome. Cheers. Hey,
12: y'all. This is Brisky from Turner Phrases, a podcast all about turning phrases inside out. Growing up, one of my favorite shows was Doug. He had the coolest dog, the most epic friends, and listened to some awesome music. I loved all the characters in their own way, but I think the main reason I connected with Doug specifically is that I've always had an active imagination, just like my man in the green sweater vest. I watched every episode, and the lesson the show taught me time and time again was that one of the most important things in life is to be yourself. No matter what life throws at you, good or bad, as long as you stay true to who you really are, You can make it through anything.
2: Hi, my name is Graham Christensen. I am the creator of the blog Man in the Movie Theater and the co-host of the Strip Singles podcast. Like most children of the 90s, I grew up on a steady diet of The Simpsons. And the amazing thing about The Simpsons is how it registers with people of different age groups on different levels. When you watch it as a kid, you love it because it was more irreverent than most of what was on TV at the time. But when you watch it as an adult you start to notice how clever, satirical, and multifaceted the writing is. Today, I want to talk about one of the earliest and most beloved episodes, Season 2, Episode 1, Bart Gets an F, which teaches a lesson that's hard for anyone of any age. In this episode, Bart is struggling with school and is in danger of being held back a grade. You'd think that Bart wouldn't care so much since he's such a troublemaker, but he's actually very concerned about this and tries his best to hunker down and study. This is easier said than done because he has a lot of trouble focusing, he's easily distracted, and has a hard time remembering facts. He gets help from another student, that backfires spectacularly. He pulls an all-nighter, he even spends a snow day studying, almost to the point of torturing himself, and he even prays to God for help. And in the end, despite all his efforts, despite trying his hardest and putting himself through hell, he still fails.
14: the matter? Well, I would think you'd be used to failing by
2: now. <laughs> no, you don't understand. I really tried this time. I mean, I really tried. There. There. <laughs> this is as good as I can do,
14: and I still failed. Well, a uh, 59. It's a high F. Who well, am I kidding? I really am a failure.
2: <laughs> as a kid, this episode never really resonated with me. But as an adult looking back, it's painfully relatable. I didn't get good grades in school, and the end is especially heartbreaking because I've had situa- situations that were almost exactly like the ones in this episode. When you're a struggling student, when you put your, whole, your heart and soul into trying to get a passing grade and you still fail, it's one of the worst feelings in the world. There is kind of a happy ending when Bart gets a passing grade by demonstrating knowledge beyond the textbook, and this exemplifies two things for me. 1. Tests aren't the be-all, end-all decider of how much knowledge you gain. And B. You can try your hardest to succeed, do absolutely everything right, and still fail. This is a lesson that you almost never see explored in TV or movies, probably because it's one of the hardest lessons for anyone to learn, child or adult. Most people don't really learn this until they're grown up, and usually they, they learn it the hard way. But for The Simpsons to tackle this subject, especially so early in its run, to me, that's a perfect testament of just how great and important the show really is.
0: All right, we have time for one more lesson, and I think this is a really good one from Tyler over at Talking Fail, which, uh, hey, I was on a recent episode and they asked me all sorts of 90s questions, so uh, go check it out. It's a great podcast.
4: Hi, I'm Tyler from the Talking Fail podcast. Growing up, I would devour any sci-fi that I could get my hands on, so naturally Star Trek was big on my radar. The franchise has a long history with trying to show us what humanity has the potential to become if we work together. One of the most memorable moments for me from the 90s-era TV shows is in the Star Trek The Next Generation, Season 5, Episode 19, titled The First Duty. This week saw young Starfleet cadet Wesley Crusher in the center of an investigation following a training incident that killed one of Wesley's classmates. Wesley and four of his classmates were practicing flight maneuvers for an upcoming academy graduation. After the cadets involved testify that the accident was the fault of the deceased cadet and give vague answers to the Inquisition's questions, Captain Picard suspects that the cadets were actually practicing an illegal stunt and were underlying to protect each other. Picard has no proof but he confronts Wesley and gives one of the best speeches of the series.
1: That answer was a lie. I said the accident occurred after the loop. It did. What you neglected to mention was that following the loop, your team attempted a maneuver that was the direct cause of the crash. You told the truth up to a point. But a lie of omission is still a lie. Do you remember the first day you came aboard this ship? mother brought you on the bridge yes sir you even sat in my chair i was annoyed presumptuous child playing on my ship but i never forgot how you already knew every control every display you behaved as though you belonged on the bridge and then later when i decided to make you an acting ensign i was convinced you could be an outstanding officer and i never questioned that conviction now the first duty of every starfleet officer is to the truth whether it's scientific truth or historical truth or personal truth it is the guiding principle on which starfleet is based now, if you can't find it within yourself to stand up and tell the truth about what happened you don't deserve to wear that uniform i'm gonna make this simple for you mr crusher either you come forward and tell admiral brand what really took place or i will
4: In the end, Wesley convinces his classmates to admit the truth, and the leader of the squadron, Cadet Locarno, takes full responsibility so that the others on his team will be spared from being expelled from Starfleet Academy. Wesley is not a particularly popular character, but when I was a kid who wanted to be on a spaceship, and he was a kid who got to live and fly an awesome spaceship, I got to look up to him. Throughout the seasons of The Next Generation, we see Wesley grow from being a kid who was scared of Picard, to seeing Picard as a mentor, to this scene where he stands his ground to protect his friends, even though he was in the wrong. Star Trek may take place on a spaceship exploring the stars, but it's really about what it means to be human.
0: And that's it! Please remember to check out the show notes and find out more about all of these fantastic podcasts you heard featured today. Thank you so much to everyone who helped me gather all these great 90s lessons. I learned quite a few. Please reach out and tell me what you learned from 90s TV on Twitter at 90s TV Hour, our Facebook group, the 90s TV Hour Addicts, or by email at 90s TVHour at gmail.com. We'll be back soon with more great TV memories from the 90s. And until then, have a great night. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the 90s TV Hour, part of the Geekscape Network at geekscape.net. If you liked us, please rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes. It'll help us reach new 90s kids just like you, and we really appreciate it. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at 90s TV Hour and join the 90s TV Hour Addicts on Facebook for great 90s content every day. And you can contact us with show ideas or whatever you want to share at 90sTVHour at gmail.com. See you next time.